We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. This is the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. Enjoy the episode. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And we're back to talk about our Pac 12 opponents this year. Uh, I'm sure you've heard some of the other preview podcasts, but this particular one, if you didn't read the title, is Oregon State. And with me, I have Marcus from Building the Dam. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you giving us the time to talk about the Beavers. We're still upset. We lost to you guys here in Berkeley last year, Um, but, you know, games haven't started yet, so we're still all friends. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Yeah, last uh, year, that was uh, the biggest surprise of the season, probably, for Oregon State. I did not expect to come away with a win on the road there. Yeah, didn't help that we had to play two different quarterbacks in the game, too. So it's not a recipe for success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it. Let's uh, let's let's talk about Oregon State. Let's talk about the coaching first. You guys um, don't didn't go through much changes, if I remember correctly. Um, and you guys have some continuity built. What's the overall outlook on what do you think the coaches have done and how you see them like building it forward a little bit? Yeah, that's kind of been the word out of fall camp is the coaching continuity has been a huge advantage this year. Um, there's been a lot of change. Gary Anderson, Mike Riley, a lot of transition. Um, so having Jonathan Riley, having all of his assistants, um, coordinators, and most of his position coaches stay intact has really helped especially as we've been dealing with the pandemic and the lack of practices that have gone into that um so it sounds like it's been a big step in the right direction just to have that continuity everybody knows the offense and the defense and um you don't have to learn a whole new playbook during this time so that's been good news there 
Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, some positive developments for Oregon State. Maybe making that next step, moving up in the in the competitive, you know, tiers a little bit, moving for the next couple of years. But I guess we'll move in and talk about the offense. You guys were pretty prolific uh, with some key guys, but you also lost Hodgins, uh, who was arguably one of the biggest wide receiver threats in the in the conference. Um, what? How big is that void? Do you have any projections on who might take up the, that void and and step up and be that producer on the offense? It's a big loss for sure. It wasn't unexpected um, him leaving a year early just because of how good of a season he had last year. Um, but he was a 6'4", 225-pound wide receiver, big target, and he had a connection with Jake Luton that was amazing, um, them too. So now we have a new quarterback, and we have a decent amount of talented wide receivers for Oregon State, um, but the problem is none of them are over six feet tall. When you talk about Trevin Bradford, Tyjon Lindsay. Champ Flemings is only five foot five out there in the slot. Um, so there's a lot of speedy, quick wide receivers, but they don't have anybody like that. That's a big target on the outside. Um, so it's going to be kind of wide receiver by committee. And I don't think there's going to be a go-to target like there was last season for the Beavers. Do you think, um, I mean, Jamar Jefferson, of course, was outstanding at running back. Do you think he's going to be the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands quite often in the offense? Absolutely. Um, that I think that was the plan last season as well until Jamar Jefferson had some injuries and was banged up and they had to rely on the passing game a little bit more. Um, but it sounds like he's fully healthy and he should have a big year like he did as a true freshman um, now that he's a junior. The, the Oregon State offensive line is replacing three starters, two of them that are were four-year starters all the way through on the left side of the line, left tackle and left guard. Uh, so we'll see how many running lanes there are for Jamar Jefferson. Uh, but as long as that is, is effective, I expect him to have the ball 25 times a game. Wow. Okay. Um, I guess we'll shift back a little bit into that backfield a little bit further. We'll talk about the quarterback. You guys lose Jake Luton, who for us as opponents feel like he's been there for like eight years. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, he's no longer there. You guys have um, quite a few guys. I the the name that I've seen on articles is Tristan Gebbia, if I'm saying that name correctly, is the guy that's kind of leading that room. Um, but what do you think of that room as a whole? Who do you think might be taking the reins in that? Yeah, and I think it's Tristan Jebbia. Jebbia. Um, but, uh, it, and it sounds like, for all intents and purposes, he's the starter. He's the guy. Um, he's quarterback number one. There's a little bit of the talk of a quarterback competition, but I think that's more lip service and the coach is trying to motivate him. Um but besides him, we brought in a junior college transfer at quarterback Chance Nolan. And it seemed like he's a he's a talented quarterback, a little bit more of a runner than Tristan is. Um, but it he didn't have a lot of time with this offense and the pandemic cut back on the practice time. So he's just not where he needs to be with his familiarity. Um, so it's going to be Tristan Jebbia. I pretty much guarantee it for most of the season. <laughs> Well, I mean, you guys have to break in a new quarterback, but you do have a star star running back that's right there. So, I, yeah, good and good guy to rely on. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, last year, Jake Luton, he missed the Civil War game against Oregon. Mm-hmm. So Trish and Jevy got the start there. It was rainy conditions against a tough opponent, but he, he was good. Um, so I think fans are not expecting a huge drop there at quarterback, uh, but maybe not the ceiling that Jake Luton had last year. Um, and lastly, I guess a question on the offense is schematically, you know, with the losses you have, you guys fully think that you'll still run the same scheme um, and won't divert too far away from it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Smith is a, is a good offensive minded coach. So even with the loss of our top receiver, top quarterback and a couple of offensive linemen, I think fans are cautiously optimistic that the offense is still going to be able to move the ball um, run the same scheme, have the same playbook. Um, who knows what what they have up their sleeve um, as far as trick plays, but I expect a steady dose of Jamar Jefferson and then air it out to a plethora of wide receivers when they need to, and hopefully they can still move the ball this year. All right. There you have it, the Oregon State offense. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. That's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can get you the help you need and the quality hire you need as well. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Let's move to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. I think the, I mean, the big name, of course, on that defense is Hamilcar Rashad. Like that's, I think, easily if, you know, just from a normal Pac-12 fan who watches other games, 
that's the name that always pops up first for Oregon State. How much of an impact do you see him making into his final season um, in Corvallis? I expect him to have a huge impact. I'm I'm kind of shocked that he's playing this season, to be honest. It seemed like he was potentially a first-round NFL draft pick, and a lot of guys have been kind of preparing for the NFL draft. So I, I didn't expect him to come back, uh, but he wanted to play. He said there's unfinished business. Um, so he's back, and last season when he was out there, he was basically the Beavers' only reliable pass-rushing um, player. And he had a bunch of sacks and he missed, he was injured towards the end of the season. I think he had his hand all wrapped up. And when he was limited, it really hurt Oregon State's ability to, to get to the quarterback because he was pretty much the only guy that was pressuring opposing quarterbacks all season last year. Uh, talking about the outside linebacker group, the other guy, of course, uh, at least for me, that comes off the roster is Addison Gums, uh, the four-star guy. You guys plucked him out of our backyard in Hayward, California, right here. Uh, and he's a redshirt sophomore now. Like, do you expect him maybe to, you know, that's, I think this, yeah, if it's if he's a redshirt sophomore, that's year three at Oregon State. Do you see him making that next step forward and maybe um, helping out with Hamilcar Rashad and maybe stepping into his shoes a little bit for the future? Yeah, he's he's super talented kid. He originally um, committed to Oklahoma, and he was there for a year. Tore his ACL with Oklahoma, transferred to Oregon State, and he was healthy for the first couple of games last season, and he looked prolific. He looked like he was going to be another threat on the outside with Hamilton Rashid. Um, but then he tore his ACL again. Um, so he's coming back again. He's been a limited in fall camp, and I – Nobody wants to get their hopes up too much. Nobody wants to pressure, get, get him on the field if he's not fully healthy. Um, but it sounds like he's going to be able to start the season. And fans are cautiously optimistic that he'll be another threat on the outside, somebody that can get to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have a four-star guy who was a USA All-American, I think you kind of have to cross your fingers, hope for the best a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, there's, a, there's another outside lamb, linebacker that might not be familiar to the average yeah. fan, um, Andres Hughes-Murray. He's a redshirt red shirt senior. He got hurt last year as a redshirt senior and got an, an extra year of eligibility. Um, and he was just named a team captain, and it sounds like he's 100% fully healthy, and the team's kind of excited about what he can do as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at your guys' roster right now at the outside linebacker spots like, Six five, six two, six four, six three, six three, six three, six two, six two, six six. Riley Sharp, six six outside linebacker, um, and then six three, six four, six two. Like that. That's some good size uh, to get some pass rush. Uh, and looking at the roster too, like that is arguably the the one of the deepest linebacker spots outside of that, and of course inside linebacker. Uh, but no doubt. Do you do you expect the outside linebackers to be like the star unit of this defense, or are there is there another unit that uh, we're not talking about that we should be? No, absolutely. It's it's outside linebacker, inside linebacker, Oregon State's best position group by far. Um, the only one that would even compete would be maybe running back with Jamar Jefferson as a one man show. Um, but the the linebackers, they're the strength of the defense and strength of the whole team, really. Uh, the defensive line is is weaker than we than fans would like. The secondary is improved, 
but kind of inexperienced. Um, so it's going to be the linebackers for sure that are going to kind of have to step up and, and fill holes for the rest of the defense. Well, talk to me about the inside linebackers. Who who are some names that we should be looking out for? Who do you expect to make the next that next jump uh, going into 2020? Yeah, so there's uh, Avery Roberts, um, and then there's Omar Spites. And both of them were underclassmen last year, um, but were near the, the um, team lead in tackles for the season. And so they're both back, and fans are excited about them. Coaching staff is excited about them. Um, they're just going to rack up a bunch of tackles on this defense, both of those guys. Um, and besides them, really – Inside, a few inside linebackers could play on the outside even. Um, Jack Coletto, he was a junior college quarterback transfer to Oregon State. Oh, wow. And and they moved him to inside linebacker, and he's actually been thriving there. Um, And then sometimes you might see they'll bring him in for short yardage um, stuff on offense. If they get down near the goal line, they'll bring Coletto in because kind of a fullback quarterback there. Um, six three two eight two thirty eight. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good bowling ball you got. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the bring Coletto in because everybody <laughs> knows it's going to be a run play, but it was effective last year. So what do I know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's just uh, if there's any group that the coaching staff feels great about, it's the linebackers, especially the outside linebackers. Got it. Um, I guess we'll move a little bit to the front, and then we'll move to the the backs. Let's talk about the defensive line. Um, who are some names that um, you're looking out for this season or that we should be looking out for? Yeah, so the kind of the heartbeat of the defensive line is Isaac Hodgins and then Simon Sandberg. And Isaac is actually Isaiah Hodgins' brother, um, the guy wide receiver off to the NFL now. And um, so they're going to play a lot of snaps on the defensive line, um, try to hold things down. We're, uh, and they'll be on the end defensive ends there. They're not crazy quick defensive ends. Um, Oregon State plays more of a 3 4 uh, with three defensive linemen, and they are kind of there to, to plug up holes. Um, the biggest weakness right now is at defensive tackle. And um, the Beavers were hoping Jordan Whitley, um, who played last year, would be able to kind of fill that spot. He's a big. Uh, defensive tackle there but he's not fully healthy in it and it seems questionable how much he'll be able to play this season so outside of Jordan Whitley you're looking at Evan Bennett who's a redshirt freshman uh, who's a talented kid but he's inexperienced and he'll be asked to do a lot there and from the defensive tackle position and then outside there there's um, Tavis Shippen there's Jerome Reichner, who was injured last season. And um, there's not a lot of depth on de- the defensive line, and it's been a weakness in the past. It should improve this season, but depth is still an issue. And getting pressure on the quarterback with just three defensive linemen has always been an issue for the Beavers. Mm. Well, let's move to the to the other side. I mean, defensive backs, you guys have quite a few defensive backs listed on the roster. Yeah. Um, it's a, that's, that's a big room. Like that's a, that's a full college classroom that you probably got in there <laughs> in that defensive back room. Um, talk to me about, talk to me about that room. Uh, who are, who are the stars, uh, who should be looking out for, who might make that next step? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you ever watched Last Chance U at all, um, but there's a guy named Rajon Wright who is brothers with Nation Wright, who was with the Beavers last year. Um, and he, he was kind of a star on Last Chance U this latest season. So they, college. Yep, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, so the Beavers struggled mightily in their secondary the last few seasons, and their defense in general has been historically bad the last three, four seasons. So the coaching staff has brought in a bunch of just athletic secondary players, safeties, quarterbacks, um, and their uh, secondary coach, Blue Adams, kind of expects them to be able to play multiple positions back there in the secondary um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. There's a lot of underclassmen there, um, but they're talented, they're quick, they're fast. They don't have a lot of experience, though. Um, and uh, the big name for the secondary is David Morris, who's a redshirt junior. He's a Oregon local four-star recruit, and he's been really good when he's on the field, but injuries have been his whole career he's been dealing with some sort of injury whether it's his foot hamstring knee um so they're hoping that he can stay healthy uh, he's been limited in fall camp but if he's healthy and Jaden grant is the other name there who's a redshirt junior those two guys will be asked to do a lot of leadership and kind of direct the young guys around in the secondary well there you have it um it's the review of the Oregon state roster basically is what we just did. <laughs> yeah. um, but we didn't talk about the special teams a little bit, but let's, let's, uh, if you want to uh, give us a little insight on, do you guys have a kicker controversy at all, or is there a competition there or do you have a solidified starter? Uh, it sounds like it's going to be Everett Hayes as a place kicker. Um, he'll be a new kicker than we had the one than the one we had last year and kicking, is always a little bit of a hold your breath situation with the Beavers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it sounds like he's got a big leg. He can hit upwards of 50 yards. I don't know how reliable uh, that is. Um, In practice, so, sure, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then as um, far as punting, there's a transfer from Nebraska, Caleb Lightborn, who the coaching staff has said has just been bombing punts in practice. Um, so it sounds like those are the two guys and hopefully special teams are always good when you don't have to talk about them. So hopefully there's, there's no mishaps, no mistakes, and they, they just have a successful season. Yeah. I can't disagree with you there. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's our conversation on the Oregon state roster and the position groups. Let's, uh, let's talk about big picture Oregon state stuff. Then let's look at the schedule here. You got, Washington State up first on the 17th. Then you got um, – or the 7th. Sorry. I'm reading the – I'm dyslexic. I'm reading the the the, the slash wrong. Uh, you got Oregon State on the 7th. Then you got or, uh, you got Washington, Washington State on the 7th. Then you got Washington on the 14th. You got us on the 21st. Then you got Oregon on the 27th, uh, Utah on the 5th, and then Stanford on the 12th. Um, you're just talk about the schedule. Are you, are you optimistic about the schedule? I mean, you guys pulled Utah as the only team from the South, uh, but they're kind of in a rebuild year. So it's a game that could be had. Um, who knows, but 
Yeah, I mean, you don't. You never want to pull the Pac-12 champion from a year ago when you're the only South team that you're facing. Uh, I think Beaver fans were a lot more excited about the schedule before the pandemic reduced it to seven games in total, yeah. and they were excited about off season, and they were they were kind of expecting to get six wins on that old schedule and get to a bowl game. Um, now, of course, everybody is technically bowl eligible, uh, but the schedule is brutal for Oregon State. Their their easiest game, most winnable game, is going to be Washington State to open the season at home. Um, and then after that, they've got Washington, Cal, Oregon, Utah, Stanford. Those are all going to be tough games. Um, I, the Pac-12 North has been better than the Pac-12 South for a number of years now, so it doesn't help when you play every Pac-12 North team. And then you avoid the UCLA's, Arizona's, Colorado's, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the chances yeah. for, for wins there. So um, we'll see. Oregon State, new quarterback, new wide receiver, and a tough schedule. I kind of am expecting one to two wins just in those six games. And I think that's about Vegas had the Beavers at one and a half wins on their over-under. Uh, so we'll see. I think Beaver fans are a little bit more optimistic and they, they think two to three wins is kind of the expectation, but that seems a little optimistic just with the teams they're playing. Do you think overall with this year being kind of like a mulligan year where, you know, eligibility isn't an issue going into next season as well? It's a good six games to kind of build more for next year than it is to expect wins this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for Oregon State, that'll be huge getting um, people experience offense and defense. But I, I think a few guys will be gone. Um, or Hamilcar Rashid, as we talked about, will probably go to the NFL even with that extra year. Um, and Jermar Jefferson, as a junior now, he could declare for the NFL draft if he had a big year. Lifespan is shorter for running backs, and they try to get to the NFL soon. Yeah. Um, so just those two guys, if it, it's win or go home for those two guys, I guess. It's not, not much of a rebuilding year for them. So I think the Beavers will have that mindset as well. Uh, but the coaching staff, I'm sure, will look at it as let's play as many guys as we can. Let's get some true freshmen, some looks out there, and get them some game experience. Well, um I am hoping for the best for the Beavers as much as I can hope for as <laughs> yeah. a Cal fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but quick question for you. Yeah, uh, the Beavers the last few years have been all offense and the defense has been a disaster. And it sounds like this year it's going to be more balanced. Um, and when I think of Cal, I kind of think of them in the opposite light. Great defense, so-so on offense. How are you feeling about the upcoming season there? Offensively, I think uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, we I think we return what the most uh, it, the most players back on offense in the Pac-12, if or or we're tied with SC. It's somewhere there. We're either, we're in the top two, uh, regardless in the conference. So, but does that experience translate into points scored and efficiency with a new offensive coordinator with NFL pedigree, with two posi- new position coaches at running back and uh, offensive line? Um, and technically quarterback, but that was the OC's job anyway, so not a big change there. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a big question. We only had four practices in the spring, um, and then 
for them to have to install a new offense off of. Yeah. I think that's the case with – I think outside of you guys, it's probably every single one of the rest of us were replacing offense coordinators, I think, outside of Stanford too. So, yeah, Washington, Cal, Washington yeah. State, um, Oregon. So there's four teams replacing offense coordinators. So it's the big question that I've been asking um, whenever I've talked to Pac-12 North schools. So that's the big question. I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what type of offense we're going to run. <laughs> Like it's, I saw play action being played in the first four practices, and like that's all I saw. I was like, "Are we running the Sean McVay offense? Like, is that is that what we're doing here? Like, I I don't know. I yeah. I, the thing that, that scares me with Cal is they've been effective when Chase Garbers is at quarterback, and they're one of the few Pac-12 schools mm-hmm. that is returning a quarterback. Um, so that's what worries me. I'm hoping that something happens quarterback controversy and they have to go with two guys on the court. <laughs> yeah we're the only pac-12 north school that's returning a quarterback everyone else is replacing so jimmy lake said last week against or this week when we're playing washington next week he said we might end up seeing three quarterbacks i was like <laughs> yeah you really want to you really want to roll that dice yeah, I don't want to be in that situation i'm glad uh, the beavers have one guy and they're sticking exactly. with exactly Exactly. Yeah. If you don't have one good quarterback, yeah, you, don't have any. you might not have. Eh, eh. So yeah. Yeah. You don't have anyone. It's the old, old uh, cliche, right? Um, well, uh, to wrap up here, the last question I've been asking everyone is it is 2020, the year of craziness and uncertainty. So give me one crazy prediction or uh, that you think might happen in the my crazy prediction is that there will be a Pac-12 team that goes undefeated. Not gonna say who. Um, maybe it's Oregon. Maybe it's Washington. Maybe it's USC. Um, but that undefeated team still will not make the college football playoffs. Ooh. Six games, seven games, still seven games, enough, including a Pac-12 championship, they, still they, not they enough. We'll, we'll leave them out still for not, a, still not enough. Oklahoma State or something like that. Yeah, yep. unless that one team <laughs> plays 9 a.m. games the entire season, right? <laughs> then the committee will watch all those games. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. but we're playing 8 p.m. games. No one's going to watch. <laughs> Well, Marcus, I appreciate the time. Uh, hope to have you back on uh, when we during game week, just to give us an update on Oregon State and you know our matchup against you guys. Uh, but until then, where yeah, can people uh, find you? Where can people find Oregon State? Destination is where we're at. We're starting to get ramped up now that football season is here. Um, so check out the the great content that we got there. And thanks for having me on, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I still think Building the Dam is the best Pac-12 North SB Nation site it, name. It like fits, I think for sure. I think, yeah, I think it it's that, that, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah, it's a real good one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And if you've been listening to this, this is the California Golden Bearcast. You can find us uh, anywhere on all listening platforms. Because if you're listening to us, you already found us. Um, and you can find all our written stuff at writeforcalifornia.com. And we have a bunch of things planned over there. So take a look. And that's it for me and Marcus. Uh, But for me, as always, go Bears.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.